All right, so on today's podcast, we take a trip down to Phoenix Rising Metaphysical Shop down in Langley on the One Way, and we meet with Goldie Amanda Yentz. Um, it's, it's difficult to prescribe what their perspectives are, so I can only really say that they're, they're spiritual practitioners, to be fair to them and their unique beliefs and insights on things. Um, and I definitely learned a lot. Uh, one thing that I was blown away by, and you'll hear me say it kind of halfway through the podcast, is how open and inclusive this place is. I mean, they're not, they're not closed off minds. It's not an exclusive club. Um, if you have questions, by all means, head down there and, and talk with them. And, and that was such a welcoming thing for me. Uh, it also left me thinking like, man, I don't know anything about this and this is something I should further understand so they've influenced me and motivated me to further seek out um, developing my spiritual practice my own unique individual spiritual practice so I just want to thank them for their time and I hope you enjoy all right go ahead all right well thank you for your uh, time here today for having us at the uh, Phoenix Rising metaphysical emporium uh, I've heard a lot about this place and based on the little bit of research that I've done uh, it is a lot about healing and education through different practices how would you describe the work that you do here oh man <laughs> uh, I don't know when we opened up I think a lot of it was uh, it started out we wanted to build the support system mm -hmm. for a lot of the different modalities and spiritualities uh, we, we grew up I think at least me and Goldie I don't know if I can speak for Amanda but we uh, we didn't grow up with a lot of um, support in areas to search when we were younger it was kind of pre-internet when I was young I don't know how <laughs> there's I had dial-up yeah you had dial-up okay I grew up up north <laughs> so a tiny little town we didn't have internet for a few years after and wow. we didn't find a safe space to go and ask questions you know the questions that are outside of the box it was very much go to school do this um, this is the way everything is but uh, again, I don't know about Amanda, Jens and I were very much, we want to know a little bit more than just what we're being told is the truth yeah. um, and a safe place to do it. So that's pretty much why we opened it up, a safe place for everyone to be able to come, hang out, come explore. talk, explore, learn about yourself, learn about each other. It is really a safe, a safe space. Yeah. And how you fit into that community as well and being afforded the opportunity to follow your intuition when you're interested in the subject like I was very interested in the Egyptian pantheon and then when I came here to explore that I realized it wasn't something that resonated anymore but I felt free to explore the shop to find what did pique my interest and what was in alignment with what I was searching for that's a good point and and before we were recording we we're talking about how there's there's an umbrella there's not just one way of doing this work. So maybe for listeners at home, do you mind just a brief introduction? Because we're with three people here. So we have Goldie. Yeah. Goldie, what's sort of your your background with this work? Which is, uh, a, which is a huge question. That's a huge question. Yeah. In, in a nutshell, I grew up in a Roman Catholic household and mm. I was um, told that I must do things a certain way and that's the way and there were no questions on one side of my family. And the matriarchal side of the family said, uh, we're in Canada. They're first generation Canadian from Eastern Europe. We're in Canada. 
you're a woman, you can do whatever you want, you can ask all the questions you want, stand up for yourself, don't take no shit. So I was like, okay, cool. So I started asking questions and I realized that, you know, um, Roman Catholic belief system wasn't for me. It served mm-hmm. me at a time and it was great. And I still have my roots there and I, I respect that and I work with that. But I was more um, in tune with nature. So I noticed the seasons. I notice the trees. I notice the animals. And I feel the ebb and flow of nature. And that's what I follow. So I'm just I'm nature-based and I like to go with the flow. Awesome. Yes? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, the elevator <laughs> speech. Yeah, yeah that's okay. Yeah, yeah no. Um, so I grew up uh, going to uh, the Mormon church mm-hmm. for a lot, of t- a lot of years. Uh, I stopped going when I was about 14. Just had a lot of questions that weren't really covered in their teachings. Again, like Goldie, I, I, I respect where my roots came from, for sure. There's some parts of my per- personality that have d- definitely been influenced by it by going to church and growing up that way but uh it just wasn't for me so i spent a lot of time in nature and it's just where my heart's always been and uh, when i moved to the lower mainland i had an opportunity to meet people from a lot of different faiths and stuff where i didn't have that opportunity before in my life and i started talking to some people with some really big philosophies who led me into reading a couple of books i mean uh, the bhagavad gita or the four agreements are just huge thinkers and really get you to look at um what your responsibility is to be human mm. and maybe um, where you stand in the big picture of things rather than um, being a human in today's society. There's just more to it. Um, but where do you ask those questions and stuff? And, and I mean, the Bhagavad Gita is, is a book from time and memoriam. But I mean, it, for people who read it, it, it's obviously from a time where people had a lot um, a lot deeper of a connection with their, with their spiritual or universal side however you want to take that so so for me i'm very um intuitive and very curious i don't know what umbrella i fit in but i um i naturally just feel pulled somewhere and i just kind of follow that so the store for me actually became a very uh, symbiotic relationship people's questions and ideas and their paths um forced me to look deeper into things because i wanted to help people because i didn't have that when i was young and so my path has just become this odd, eclectic collection of things. And now it offers me the opportunity to help others on their path. So, Wonderful. Yeah. I, get, I don't know. Ditto. That's, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and Amanda, you had mentioned about you had, you started off with Egyptian, what was the, what was the term for so it? So it was the Egyptian pantheon. Pantheon. Yeah. Okay. So. I don't know. I don't know. How do you describe a pantheon? Um, I use words and then sometimes I'm like, (laughs) I know that's the right word, but Uh, how to describe it? Yeah, I can go on that one. So pantheon is usually a term used in, um, when you you study a a faith practice that has more than one God. So so a pantheon describes kind of the house of gods, like the collection of deities. Right, the Greek pantheon. Yes, Yes. and so that is, it's like the house of gods from that faith. Right, okay. Awesome. Yeah. So I grew up with my my grandparents. I spent a really long uh, lot of time with them, and they were uh, Christian Science. So that was a lot of like your mindset builds your reality, but it had a little bit more of a Christian base. Mm. I didn't always agree with them, um, but. Uh, when I was living with my mom, so I would spend time with them and then I would spend time with my mom. And my mom didn't practice Christian science. She was very much into 
um, practical magic. Like she's she's definitely a, a witch, but she doesn't know it. So hmm. it's kind of that's kind of interesting. But um, so I like Goldie the cyclical nature of the seasons, the ebb and flow of the moon. That's always been something that's really um, intrigued me and something that I didn't consciously know that I was practicing until I was a little older, so probably around 16. And then I watched the movie What the Bleep Do We Know? And then it made this, like, the quantum... Right. Reality of that, and then how does spirit fit into that? So that's that's fascinating to me, um, and I I've just I feel like I've just scratched the surface, and you just peel back layer after layer until you have <laughs> a clear thought, and then it then it comes it goes back to mud, and then you just start over again, and right. then you just keep integrating all of the knowledge, and working here has um, created a lot, just like Jens a lot of opportunity to grow with our customers and the questions that they ask. And it's an amazing feeling being in alignment in the moment with a person when they're looking for something to help themselves. It is the, it is like a, just a rich, fulfilling feeling. And I'm super lucky to be a part of it. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, one thing that I notice kind of a common thread in all three of your stories is your respect your level of respect for other ideologies, namely, you know, Christianity, um, things like that, and it's like, well, I, you know, that's that's great to hear because oftentimes we 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 look at these groups, Christians look at these groups, and they're like, oh, you know, they're this or they're that. So to hear that you have so much respect for them, when perhaps maybe you don't always receive that level of respect in return, that's really great to hear. It's actually been pretty amazing in the years we've been here. Um, I've actually had a lot of people that have started coming in from like a Christian or Catholic mm. background and they have friends who are into crystals and stones and so they come in here and, and they're very clear. They're like, I'm, I'm, I'm from the Christian church, I'm from the Catholic church and, and then they start asking their questions. I have a friend who's kind of into crystals. Right. And they're not really sure, but we give them that safe space. And yeah. they start out, you know, a little timid because they, I, I don't know, maybe, I don't know everybody's story, but maybe they don't have a place to ask. And mm. they come in here, and by the time we're done, they've found a few things with their friend. They've loosened up their entire body language. Right. Has, has changed by the end of it. They're smiling, and, and they can tell their friends that this place exists. And even if they don't end up getting anything, it's coming and learning in that mm -hmm. safe space. And that's exactly what yeah. we didn't have. I was suspended from school because I... Had to take. I took religion, and they failed me in religion. They said, "Well, you can't fail me for the whole grade because this isn't part of the British Columbia curriculum." Right. And they said, "How do you know your rights?" Well, I grew up in Surrey. I know my rights. <laughs> so <laughs> let's go. And they said, "Well, you can't ask these questions." And they were saying things like, "Oh, you have to go to church and you have to do this," but they were teaching us in the Bible. Jesus said, "You don't have to go to church." I'm here in this pile of rubble, and here we are together. Mm -hmm. And I said, "I don't want to go to church. I don't want to be stuck with these people." that don't share the same opinions that I do. And so I got suspended from school because I was speaking my truth and I was asking questions. And that's one of the, the things that we do here is there is no stupid question. Mm. People will come in and say, I have a weird question. We get really excited. Yeah. What is your weird yeah. question? Yeah. Let's, let's well, you've this. invited me here, so, yeah. you know, so that's, that tells me something. Yeah. So but how I, weird are we getting? Yeah, <laughs> well, I think that's a good point is having a place to ask these questions. Because I, I have a 10-month-old daughter and she's going to ask questions that might go against, you know, what my beliefs are. Yeah. But I want to encourage that because 
you'll grow up creating an independent thinker, not someone who just follows the crowd. And I think that, you know, without getting too astray in this, which, you know, I could go on for hours, but I think religion has kind of forgotten its roots in, in the sense that, you know, for example, Jesus, he talked about loving everybody, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and I think that we've forgotten, or, or well, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm, a agnostic, but I think that some followers of contemporary religions they've forgotten the importance of accepting others. Some maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I'm not very knowledgeable in this field, so I apologize in advance for using incorrect uh, terminology and information, which again is why I'm so thankful for your time. Would you describe some of these practices as using magic, and what what exactly is magic? That's an Amanda question. Uh, magic is the is energy. It is mindfully using the energy that you have within you. Everybody has it. Um, your daughter, you have a ten month old. Was her birth not magic? Yeah. So yeah, it's it's that's that's what it is it's this flow of energy and it's the it's directing that flow of energy right. in a way that creates an intended um outcome, outcome result. or result or um makes you feel better or helps like you can have a conversation with somebody that's really great and it feels so good that energy exchange mm. is can also be magical wow that's a great description so, I have four kids. I have to put uh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you, they, they ask me questions all the time, and it has to be succinct, and it's given me the opportunity to get succinct about what I feel magic is. It could be different for everybody. It's, yeah. I come from a scientific background. I have um, a lot of biology and studies in my past, and that to me is magic. The mm. fact yeah. that to like she was saying you know, the birth was magical for me it's prior to that it's how can two tiny mm-hmm. little things merge together to become this thing that's growing and growing and growing and eventually makes a human or um, you know a, another animal or something like that and so to me science is magic mm-hmm. as well it's it's a it's a loose term for me yeah, yeah it I is think yeah it, it gets a little bit skewed with media and movies and the craft and practical magic. It's not all bubbling cauldrons and sparks flying sometimes. But it could be. It It could be for some people. Yeah, everybody's relationship with magic is so different. Some people will will create a spell and and maybe it rhymes and then they'll light it on fire and put it in a cauldron and to them that's magic. So it's, again, under that umbrella term. Yeah. And and it's almost like, as you say, our level of thought, like if if we are resistant to something, it's never going to happen. Right? Yeah. Like if, uh, you know, for example, tarot card readers, if someone's like, well, that doesn't work. But if you're going into that with that mindset, it yeah. won't work you're because you're creating that, right? But if you have an open mind, yeah. it yeah. can kind of come your way, right? Yeah. That allows that quantum function. I was just going to say, yeah. it's right. that double split uh, experiment. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to bring that to the observation. Yes, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and that's it. Magic, I think, is like purely like, undefinable I think mm. I think it's with I think humans have so much potential but we rely on our five um, three-dimensional senses so much our sight our, our taste everything else I think magic is finding a way to allow us 
to use that potential to affect things on a quantum level. But uh, but how do you how do you do your push-ups with that? How do you do your pull-ups yeah. with that? Daily practice. Find spirituality. Find a faith. Um, and that or find multiples. Um, for me, I look at it um, almost like an exercise routine, right? Uh, Christianity, Buddhism, Hinduism, it, it's it's all different exercise routines, but maybe your exercise routine doesn't work the same as someone else's. However, grabbing some of those exercises from the one and connecting the dots on how those exercises work from exercises from another faith, you find a routine that helps you grow your faith and your connection, and all of a sudden you start deep diving into it and seeing these things happen through these for lack of another term, these quantum connections. Once you once you find a way to flex these muscles and, and work with them, so it's just uh, magic. yeah, yeah magic. I, okay, I I love that because what you're saying is that our relationship with magic is completely independent. But here is a place that we can be in that pursuit as a collective. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Right? These so are, we're these are just our opinions. There of course, are, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. say that magic is um, it's mathematical, it right. is structured, it is a certain way it's supposed to be. Yeah. These are just what we've gleaned in our our yeah. lives. Yeah. Good disclaimer. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> the mathematics. We'd love to learn them because maybe we'll add part of that. Not me, practice. I know math. <laughs> right. I love math. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of math involved in some of these. Uh, they call it what do they call it? Like higher magic or um, you know, like Crowley and those Oh, people. hermetic. Hermetic. Hermetic magic. So there's a lot of math, uh, math involved, a lot of numbers involved, a lot of uh, sacred geometry mm. involved. Universal repeating patterns. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, math is pretty crazy because it's a universal language. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, somebody who's an English speaker in Britain and somebody who, uh, you know, an Egyptian 2,000 years ago. They use the same kind of principles mm-hmm. in math, so yeah. it's you know I find that quite fascinating. And then you get things like triangles and yeah, you know we could go down that avenue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Not for me. I, I love sacred geometry. That's about it. That's all I like. So, so sacred geometry is shapes like triangles. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, it's almost always in a circle. Okay. So the, the geometric pattern is enclosed in the circle, um, specifically for this um, this practice, which is crystal gridding. Okay. Yeah. But you can find these shapes in nature as well. So right. Flowers. flowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fibonacci sequence. Yeah. yeah. Wait, what's the Fibonacci sequence again? Uh, where's the shell? There's uh, so it's a mathematical repeating pattern. Right. It's found in nature, and, and it's a perfect repeating pattern in a spiral, and it always kind of grows. I, I don't remember the exact math behind it, but the, what is it? The shape grows by an exact. Amount. Like a nautilus shell. Yeah. 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 Ah, uh, so it starts. So there's a beginning, the center, and then yeah. it gets bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same repeating shape yeah. over and over. I believe it's in the human body as well. Mm-hmm. The Fibonacci sequence. Whoa. If we're in half, we're identical. And something about starting this way and going around with the face. So it's a whole nother rabbit hole you can go down. <laughs> yeah. Google the Fibonacci yeah, yeah. sequence. And, and the human body. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the universe itself is like, we, we cannot fathom how massive the universe is. Like the, 
you mentioned about vocabulary and language. We don't have the language to communicate exactly what the beyond is or magic or whatever the term is that we use. Absolutely. And it's about finding something that you're comfortable with in terms of... And, and that's the big thing, I think, in the pursuit. Humans, we like to understand things so that we don't fear them. And so being able to give things terms and understand them makes them less scary. Right. And I, I think that's just a very primal thing. I think, you know, we, we learned how to light fire to light up the darkness so we could see what was there when we couldn't see, you know, and, and things like that. We wanted to cross the oceans to see what was on the other side, right, so we could understand it better and, and things like that. So I just think it's just that constant pursuit Yes. And not being afraid to relearn something either. And, and yes, absolutely. Unlearn and relearn. Unlearn and relearn. All yeah. the time. All the time. <laughs> yeah. 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 Always coming back to, um, to how you feel about the information that you're being given and uh, figuring out whether you resonate with it still or at all and being okay with leaving it if it doesn't resonate anymore hmm. or if it doesn't fit within your... Um, within your belief system reintegrate yeah <laughs> I like that because the older I get the more I'm kind of like well the more I know the less that I'm like do I really know anything at all yeah. the more right? I know the less I know yeah, yeah. so well, we might have it is it 11 oh no not, not yet. yet no okay <laughs> this is a very organic podcast we're, we're in the middle of the shop here so we might even have customers come and participating. Uh, on your website, you mentioned things such as pagan decor. Now, I have some preconceived ideas about what exactly it means to be pagan or to practice paganism. Uh, or excuse me, I have some preconceived ideas, but, but what does it mean to practice paganism? Can I ask you a question? Yeah. What is your preconceived notion about what it is to practice paganism? I always thought that that was things in earth okay yeah right so you you you're you have a relationship with the earth yep. with the seasons mm -hmm. right and that's where your understanding comes from yeah i i would agree that's a that's a very astute observation because <laughs> it is very it is very organic and it's very uh listening to the rhythm of the earth and the cyclical nature right and honoring um the seasons as they change and then noticing what that means for your physical body during that, those moments. So for somebody, uh, they could feel really alive and exuberant and very joyful in the summer months, mm. and then kind of a little bit more reflective or kind of hermity, for the, like, the lack of a better term, in the winter months. And that's because that the like that's the way the cycle is built right. naturally. Um, there, there are people who are opposite as well. They feel kind of more the shadowy aspects in the summer, um, and then they come more alive in the fall and winter. So it's just it's honoring that cycle within you, as well as the the earth, and just exploring that. Finding a way to acknowledge it in your life. Yeah. Everybody kind of acknowledges it. In their own and not way. fighting against it. Right. Some yeah. people have their altars. Some people have their clothes. For some people, it's it's just like a piece of jewelry they wear every day that they don't explain to anybody. It's mm -hmm. just it's just finding that way to incorporate the, the the magic or your practice or the paganism in your life for whatever mm -hmm. that means to you. For some people, it's a pocket full of rocks, 
right? Like it just. We have a, a few different statues. We don't have a store big enough to have one statue for each deity for every right. pantheon and every belief system, but they rotate so we can get as many as possible in, so everyone can can see what we have available to them for their own belief system. Some people like to have prayer areas or altars to a certain deity. Maybe they uh, they want more self-love in their life, so they will find a goddess Aphrodite and they'll say, I need this statue or I need um, a shell to represent something like that. So we find the, the items that they're looking for if we can and so that they can be their authentic selves when it comes to their own version of paganism. Mm -hmm. Not every pagan is a witch, not every pagan is a heathen. Uh, some pagans are Buddhists, some pagans are Christians, some pagans are witches. It's just, again, that umbrella term, that huge right. umbrella. It seems to be growing as people become, as people realize it can become more different and step out of that box of witch. Maybe yeah. they're not a witch anymore. Maybe they were and now they're not. So yeah, that huge umbrella just keeps growing. That's awesome. Uh, and this kind of leads into the next question. So. In our 21st century world, we have kind of distanced ourselves greatly from nature. I mean, you know, we've we've almost altered seasons. We've seen some horrible implications in terms of the development of the land, right? In terms of flooding and things like that. Do you think that this has contributed to the rise in mental health problems and other afflictions of the mind? And what is the remedy to this? I think the answer for this one is definitely different for every everybody. Uh, there's a lot of faiths around the world that view mental health a lot differently. They, they look at it as a um, affliction of the spirit rather than as an affliction of the mind. Uh, I, I know that there's some cultures that will, will, will take people and try and, and raise them as people who are more connected to spirit or say that, that that unseen part of our three-dimensional life. Uh, there's certain rituals and stuff. I mean, you can look online on YouTube and stuff, and there's certain plant rituals and stuff. People do it and make dramatic changes in, in their lives. And I'm me, I don't know with personal experience, but I mean, I, I watch these stories of people trying these different ancient medicines and, and stuff, and, and these people coming out of it completely changed. Now, I think there's a place for modern medicine. Mm. However, I think as a culture, I think we could m much deeper understand mental health if we found a way to marry ancient traditions of cultures that have been allowed to hold on to their ancient traditions in regards to mental health with modern medicine. And if they looked at it honestly, I, th I think if the, the witch doctors or shamans or, or medicine men or medicine women of these different cultures had an opportunity to talk to doctors here and everybody came in with an open mind, I think mental health could be dealt with much differently than we do in the constant, or in the current design we have in Western culture. And I think that returns to what we're saying earlier that, you know, we, we just want to know and we want to just remedy the situation right away. Absolutely. Oh, you have depression? Here, take some antidepressants. Yeah. And it would be great if it worked that way, but that's throwing a Band-Aid on it. If exactly. You, if you want it to change, if you want that to change for yourself, if you're the one suffering, there's going to be work on top of the medication, or maybe there's some way to include it in your life. Maybe, just maybe, in some forgotten study, there's a way to incorporate it into your life to make you 
a more incredible person able to help others with your differences. There's no reason why it has to be treated as a handicap. Mm. So sorry, this, this is a passionate one for me. This, this could, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this could this could be a whole like a whole day's worth of talking. Uh, I come from yeah. a background of science. I was in I was as a nurse. Um, I minored in psychology. And in psychology, again, I ruffled feathers and they were saying Good. a certain thing is grief is this five-step process and you have to do it this way, da, da, mm. da, 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 and acceptance. And coming from my side of the family where I dealt with grief at a very young age, this was not the case. And I said, this can't be the case for everyone. They said, no, this is the way it is. This is how it's been taught for years, this and this and this. I also got suspended from college. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And my papers got an F because I, anyways, I digress. So... For me, I saw it firsthand that nature helped me. I saw it firsthand that it helped my mom. So she moved from Eastern Europe to Canada, uh, to the West Coast here where it rains a lot. And she developed severe depression. So they put her on Prozac for 20 years and she was up and down, up and down with the Prozac. Turns out she was also manic. So it's a chemical imbalance in the brain. She moved to Florida and she has been off of her antidepressants since because it is sunny. It's not always sunny. There are days where it rains or it's a little bit gray and she'll call me and she's having a bad day. So for me, there's another example of how nature helps. She's, she's still going to work every day. She's still doing her thing. She's in home, but the light shines through. Mm. And for her, that nature, that vitamin D or whatever it is that's helping her trigger that chemical imbalance in her brain is balancing it out. So I know for a fact in my life and in my views that nature does help and I don't know if you guys have noticed but there are there have been um, two types of people during COVID quarantine the type of people that are now dealing with all this suppressed stuff that maybe we thought we dealt with when we were younger or even a couple years ago or even last month that's coming up and we're becoming um, more in tune with nature and maybe we want to stop playing video games or we want to stop binge watching Netflix and we want to just sit outside on a patio for five minutes and watch the ants and marvel at look at that little thing building this huge community. Hug my and, friend. <laughs> yeah, we can't, we can't hug our friends. Um, and then there's, there's the other side where you're getting stuck in this downward spiral and there's no one that can help you out but you. But I don't know about you guys, but the friends that I know that have been going through this harder part they're not coming out. They're mm. not going out to nature. They're, they're stuck inside because they're still feeling the, the need to stay quarantined and to stay safe. But I think that if they can just get out there and get a little bit of that nature, things have calmed down. You can hear the birds when you're walking around, even in the middle of the day, because the traffic is lowered. And I think that a lot of people are feeling a lot better being able to see that nature again. They forgot what it was like to have nature. Yeah, the animals and the, and the plants sure seem to be having a good time this year with the less people and less stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Wait, even the air. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. It was cold. Yeah. We yeah. had the heat on a few days ago yeah. in July. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's just crazy. I've seen these little bunnies walking to work every day. And I mean, I did, most years, I mean, we've been here five years. I'd see like a bunny every two years. Mm. And like this year, I've seen a dozen. It like you like just like and all the time and they just stay close they don't even mind you when you walk yeah. by now they're just like huh and they just they're just around <laughs> right some a few different birds that I've never seen before 
in the area, like ever. And I, I watch these things. Like I said, I grew up in a little town with lots of animals, so I just pay attention to this. And, and there's, yeah, it, it's just interesting to see nature's reaction to the lack of people. Well, and, and I don't know about you, Sarah, but like when I go for walks, because every day my wife's like, yeah, we're going for a walk. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> But it's actually really good to get outside, and I noticed that through the crack in the cement, uh, a flower was growing. Isn't that amazing? And I was like, dude, that's poetic. Yeah. Right? That's magic. Exactly. Right? And it's almost like we have been forced to uh, observe our distractions, right? We've been forced to observe our distractions, but now it's like we're having to notice what's going on. Yeah. Right? Um, Can we break for? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Is that okay? It's a one hour no rush. It is going. Oh, it's recording again. Okay, so we kind of answered on on some of these other questions. Now, this is the other one that it's kind of like in terms of terminology. But I've always been fascinated by the history of of witches. But I'm careful in the wording as it has such a negative connotation to things such as black magic and evil. Uh, is that the correct term for someone who engages in these practices? Or how would you best describe it? And are witches around today? I, I, I think that would depend on the person practicing. I wouldn't go around and just call anybody practicing mm -hmm. paganism or magic a witch. Right. Because some people might take that, <coughs> excuse me, that negative connotation yeah. with it. Almost derogatory. Yeah, or, or they might just um, not know what they're calling it themselves. Um, especially in today's society, labeling has become very, very important mm -hmm. to each individual. And, and so I think that's very important with a term like which. Um, some, it's, yeah, it's very much on the individual. Like I said earlier in my practice, I don't even know what to call myself right. with what I'm doing. And I, I definitely, um, there, there's definitely some boxes I can tick in but I wouldn't call myself a witch by, by any means. And, and the people I know that, that consider themselves a witch practice a lot differently than I do. So mm. is, is there witches? Yes, I have met people who call themselves a witch. But is there like Hollywood level? Witch? Right. Like somebody walking around with a wand, like Harry Potter style, mm. levitating things and, and throwing around. I met one. Christian. Oh, not levitating. Uh, yeah. But, but I've, never, <laughs> I've never met one. Right. Right, and, and magic seems to be um, a lot more subtle. Mm -hmm. uh, but but I believe there's witches. Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. That's just again my my take on it. A few years ago, someone asked me if I was a witch, and I had this internal mm -hmm. feeling that wasn't mine, and I didn't understand what that was because I was terrified to say yes, even if I was or wasn't. Either way, I was terrified. I was like, don't say anything, and I thought, why why am I feeling like this? So I spoke to my mom and she said, well, back home, you're not allowed to uh, like read tea leaves and you're not allowed to talk about your dreams and things like that because it's considered being a witch or being a heathen. And over there, they were still killing and hanging um, even in the 50s. They don't talk about it here. It happened. In the 1950s. In the 1950s. I think in, in 83, there were still some things happening. Whoa. So um, it wasn't mine. It was, it was for me to unpack, my, my baggage for me to unpack, but it wasn't mine. Do, so, do you mean it wasn't yours, like somebody was communicating to you? I feel like, here we go back to science, I feel like yeah. because their blood is within me, right. that the, uh, blood has a memory. So when spiders hatch, they know how to create a web. 
no one says, here, buddy, this is how you, how you create a web. It's in their knowledge. It's in their brain. It's in their blood. They know. So there are some things that when you know, you know, you just know. Mm. And that's not taught. <clears throat> yeah. that's, that's inside of you. And this definitely wasn't mine. I, I, can, I can tell in my own body what's my own feelings, and these weren't mine. So it was, it was a, quite a surreal experience when someone asked, are you a witch? Because to me, it doesn't matter. You can call me whatever you want to call me. I'm Goldie. This is me. The end. Yeah. But for whatever reason, that word. And it took me a couple of years to unpack what that meant and learning about my grandma used to read coffee grinds and she had to do it very carefully and very quietly. And if anyone ever found out, there would be, like she'd go missing or the government would say, come with us and goodbye. Really? That's it. Yeah, communist countries. It, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it happens yeah. in, it still happens in some places. I have some friends from South Africa and it's the same thing. Um, in Mexico, even now, Santeria, you cannot practice it. So if you if you want to burn a candle that says a certain blessing on it, and someone catches you, you can go to jail, right? Or you can go missing. It's still happening to this day. Wow. But uh, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. So that's what the word witch meant to me a few years ago. Now I'm just like tra la la. You can call me whatever you want. It's that's cool. Did that ancestral work? Ancestral work, ancestral healing, Heal ancestral trauma. trauma. Yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah. That's within you, but it's not yours from this. 3D life experience. But now, you, now your blood, quote unquote, can heal from that, and your next generation doesn't have to carry that. Right. You're, you're, that genetic, you're, your spider <laughs> has, has learned the lesson. Is right? it science? Is it magic? Right. Both. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, and uh, I'm actually a practicing uh, counselor in the school system, and, and what I think is, is be it whatever it is, but you work on yourself and that impacts how you live your life and your children see that, mm -hmm. right? Because we talk about transgenerational trauma. Yes. For example, survivors of the Holocaust, mm -hmm. they had children who were never in the camps, but they saw the effect that it had on their parents Absolutely. and they carried that. Yeah. So when we try to heal ourselves, like you say, we change the story or that's just my take on it. Right. I, I believe it. Yeah. I fully believe it. Yeah. But, but why has society, and, and when I think of, of, you know, quote unquote witches, I think of women with power yeah. and that society feared them. Why has society feared women with power? I don't have a good answer to that question because I am not the society. I, right. I have never had a fear of, of that type of a thing. So I... I saw that question, I was like, this is a really good question, and I'm, I'm waiting for someone to answer it so I can know the answer too. Why? Why is it so fearful? It goes, I feel, this is just my opinion, I feel that it goes hand in hand with feminism and the patriarchy and mm. the political pull of that system because it has been, like, our society has been mainly going to men to to see where they should go to um to take their cues from from men and to listen to people in power that have been uh, you know but men the, but it's and it's 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 hard to unpack because i'm still i'm still unpacking it and i'm still figuring out how i feel about it because it's not all like men are terrible i'm not saying that at all um but there's there's something to to this thought 
and I just I don't know how to formulate properly and my face is getting hot because I, I still have lots of stuff that I'm figuring out in regards to why do people fear women of power and I think and you, you fear can that that stepping into that power I think you can add to it too now why do people fear trans people in power mm. why yeah. do people fear gay people in power why do people fear black people in power why do people fear anything in power uh, what is like this this is this is a great conversation to be having right now in this day and age because there are so many people finally standing up and saying I'm a human too mm. doesn't matter what gender I am doesn't matter what I believe in doesn't matter what color I am doesn't matter how many genders I am or if I'm not a gender I'm still or a, I'm human. a witch or I'm not, I'm not. a witch not witch oh, yeah. sometimes it's hard to find that starting point for a conversation like this as well just because yeah. as, as human beings historically we're really good at wiping out history yeah, and, and so yeah. it, it's the victor tells the story yeah. so to speak so, so yeah. where where yeah. did it start where was the change what was society like before this where where you know all that that pre prehistorical stuff that's not written down and that's yeah. one thing getting into this stuff if i can tell you anything i've learned in here is that people before our historical times had a much deeper understanding of a lot of stuff right. and, and society now has no idea and the reason we don't is because either history is suppressed or destroyed or altered or altered and, and, and that's just it so it's like I'd, I'd love to get into the conversation of everything but but where do you even start breaking yeah. a system down when you don't even know yeah. why like I'm not saying keep it the way it is but but like where where does the conversation start right when, when we don't have any clue on what is the beginning where was this something happened somewhere because everything was equal if you're looking at history books and you're looking right. at uh, religious textbooks there was a, a point where everything was equal men and women were always equal there um, are female troubadours in the middle ages yeah yeah, yeah. right um and then it seems all of a sudden you know uh people who work with herbs or were mostly women at that time, and they thought this is a good time to label that as maybe something scary mm. to get rid of them. So what was happening then? We don't know. And why we was there. it so bad? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Why, why was, was it so making bad? a tincture to help your sore tummy? Why was that scary to to somebody? I yeah. just, I, I, I still unpacking. I have like, yeah. And so it, if you if you find some more answers, send them our way yeah. because this is a this is a looking. great conversation. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and here's the other thing is that if I try to avoid my social media consumption, yeah. right? Because it almost seems, and, you know, please pitch in, but it almost seems like there's a strange kind of tribalism going on between politically the left and the right. Mm -hmm. And somebody who might not have questions or, or excuse me, yeah, who might not have questions or might not be you know, where they need to be, so to speak, they're worried that they're going to be labeled something like, yeah. i.e. a racist or they don't get it or whatever, that that can kind of push them almost in the other direction. It can make them reactionary. And that's why I love this yeah. place because it's all about education. Yeah, and that's that fear again. Yeah. That fear of being labeled, misunderstood, misheard. Yeah. 
Um, Fear of perhaps being called a racist when you're asking a question on how to not be a racist. Yeah, where do you go to talk about it? If you're like, I want to change, I'm I'm a bad person, or I I need to relearn something. Social media is great, but Mm -hmm. it's also detrimental. Because you you can't hear inflictions in in the, the sentences that you're reading. You can't maybe completely convey how you're feeling because you're not seeing this person, you're not feeling their emotions, you're not hearing the distraught in their voice when they're asking this honest question. So it's interesting with social media that you bring that up and I've had to take a step back and and just watch some of my friends fight each other on this and and then I chime in and I say, I think this is what, like I'm hearing this and I'm hearing this and at that point, nobody wants to hear anything. So... Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I yeah. say, I say, use social media to stay in touch and share the positive things and share the important things. If they're negative, share them. But if you can get together in a safe, socially distanced place, do it and have those hard-to-have conversations. Face-to-face. Face-to-face. In person. So With no judgment. No judgment. There's a safe space for the uncomfortable conversation. There's almost a strange irony here that this place, it's it's... You know out there or whatever yeah but this is actually a moderate place this is a place that encourages conversation yeah Absolutely. right so I, I i just find that so fascinating yeah. that you know before you'd be like whoa that's a scary place or whatever but that's a place where change this is where change can happen for people yeah, right in this place yeah a couple of ladies walked by the doors yesterday and they saw the jester because he gets put outside and they stopped and then they looked at each other and went Ooh. Yeah, and I, just, I laughed. And yeah. it was, it's like okay, you're not ready to come in. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it's very like pe- people get to face their own misconceptions, maybe, yeah. or explore <laughs> something that's within that's already you know that they're already right. questioning, and they get to do it in a safe space. Right. And they don't have to come in the doors to maybe look at why that makes them uncomfortable. Yes, they don't have to come in my door at all or have any conversation right. at all to realize, oh, damn, that made me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. I wonder why that is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right? Again, learning by being here. I don't have to have a word with anybody to help people grow. And it is That's, ironic. Yeah. This, this place is extremely ironic. Yeah. Well, I had a lady come in once, and she walked around with her friend, and her friend was outside. And as she was leaving, she said, thank you very much. She didn't touch anything. She didn't buy anything. She said, thank you very much. And she went out there, and she goes, that wasn't scary to her friend and her friend said nope i i don't want that and she said okay mm. let's go and, and they went so it, it is interesting the the fear and where does it come from yeah, yeah. why is yeah. it here where it's the un and, and somebody touched on this earlier it's the unknown mm-hmm. um so okay going back to because as a kid i love this stuff right like yes. my dad he showed me this game when i was like four he shouldn't have it was called doom yeah, yeah. and there's <laughs> monsters in it yeah, and i'm yeah. like this is awesome <laughs> so i went to school and i was drawing the monsters and my teacher was just like what is up with this kid and so i've always had a fascination with things like demons and the occult and my question is is there is there is there white magic versus black magic or kind of going back is it just like a spectrum right or we're we're going into the class thing again yeah. i think yeah so. and it depends on who you ask mm-hmm. and some people will say there's gray magic yeah because you know it can't just be black and white but some people say it can be black and white it's either yes or no right so again it's depends on the person it, magic is magic it depends on the person and um 
if you if you I encourage you all of you if you haven't done this research the term black magic and find out that it was a racist way to mm-hmm. get rid of black people in the south mm-hmm. damn it wasn't just you know everybody pla- practices this um, naughty magic and we're going to call it black because black is dark it was black magic because they were black and they were doing their rituals oh or like, their, vo- like voodooism uh, it could be voodoo it could be hoodoo it could just voodoo. be praying Mm-hmm. It could be jumping over a stick when you so get it's married. That's just how they classify Damn. anything. Yeah. So that has nothing to do with. It does now. Okay. It does gotcha. today. It does in, um, uh, like in in the main world, the real world, whatever you want to call it. But it has racist history. Okay. I I really encourage all of you to to delve into that and then look up the term black magic. I'm going to do it now. I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so, the question a bunch. So I learned to change my wording from um, black magic to maybe dark magic or to um, shadow work. Shadow work shadow or, work. you know, um, with, with hoodoo and voodoo, I was talking to a lady who practices hoodoo. She's from New Orleans and she says that I said, give me, give me your honest truth about, about hoodoo and voodoo. And she says, it's not what Hollywood thinks it is. Right. We do a lot of praying. We do a lot of healing. And she says, but if you mess with someone, we will come after you. And I said, well, what does that mean? Is that, is that dark? Is that, she goes, it, is it dark if it is my belief system that I'm doing my just duties? And I said, I'm not sure how to answer this question. Right. So uh, I think there's a, there's a level. Yeah. Uh, I don't. My personal belief system is do unto others as you would want them to do to you. If someone asks me to help them with maybe a healing spell, if they're going through, my mom's going through chemo, so she your, said, your mom is yeah. So she said, can you can you do something for me? Great, but I wouldn't on my own accord say I'm going to heal you. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to heal you because maybe what if she doesn't want it? This is her karma. This is her life. None of my business. So I would always ask permission, and to me that would be a a negative magic. My personal opinion you know to do something to someone else even if it's positive right they're not asking for it they're not asking for it. yeah that to me would be a negative type of magic uh i don't know about you guys and the terms black magic gray magic white magic i have been unpacking a lot of uh verbiage and words that have been used um like the word uppity and grandfathered in and black magic they're all words that I am relearning because they all have racist history. Oh, I didn't know. Uppity. All of them. All of them. Yeah. So grandfathered in was back in the 50 or 1800s um, when they um, politically, um, oh, I have to, I, I have something, this is something that I just learned. Okay. So it's not, it's not fully um, integrated yet. But um, it is a term to, um, that had allowed white people to vote, um, even though black people were allowed to vote, um, but they had to, they had to register or something and they had to pay monetary um, dividends. Mm. But the white people who, um, who were just coming of age to vote didn't have to pay those dividends because they were grandfathered in because of their, Interesting. Their family history. So instead of grandfathered in, it's legacied in, or you know something, something like that. It's just changing those terms. So, um, but in regards to um, light magic and 
dark magic, I am of the belief um, that there is there is gray. <laughs> I don't I don't feel like I I, I do have this um, aversion to light magic. I don't I feel like a lot of it is spiritual bypassing um, because I'm you're allowed to use your energy how you feel. Um, it is best directed, and it's not for me to say um, of another person that you can't do it. I think that if they're willing to own that karma, uh, if that's something that they believe in, then that's something that they have to come to terms with. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know how else to, to describe what I'm trying to say. I think, uh, like anything else, I think it comes down to the person. I think people are capable of great things or terrible things. Yeah. And um, I think there's some things that require you to step in, some things that require you to step back. It's where that self-responsibility yeah, is I was and just what, gonna say what energy yeah. you're willing to put into something. Right, right, yeah, yeah. And I, I think um, I think a big... I think there can't be light without dark, dark without light, and it's just, um, I feel like sometimes people get caught up in too much of one or the other. It's really easy to be like, I'm, I'm a light worker, or I, I work only with light magic, and then you get caught up. But for me, I, I, f I feel like this is a psychological trap, yeah. because I feel like if, if you get caught up in, in just the good and the light all the time, then when the bad stuff happens mm. in your life, because life is a way of tearing the carpet yeah. from under you, look yeah. at what's going on now, it leaves you less mentally and spiritually equipped to deal with those situations and those dark moments can take over yeah. whereas yeah. If in your practice you allow moments to look into the dark and, and those areas what those dark places what makes me me or those you know that person who makes you angry rather than yeah. pretending you're not angry at that person sit down and think about it and dive why you're angry and deal with it and allow yourself to be angry because you're a human being that's there it doesn't mean you have to go do something about it yeah. But be angry. Yeah. Honor that feeling and, and that dark place because then when those moments happen, you're the one in control. So it, for me, it's um, being good spiritually is having a balance of both the light and the dark because it leaves you better equipped for life because life is not all good. Life is not all bad. Life is about adapt yeah. and change from microbial life to our lives now. And you need to be able to adapt. And, and, and life just changes from one moment to the next. So balance within it. And, and to live your spirituality balanced, I think, at least for me, you you got to look into both ends of it. So, and have respect for the yeah. in other individual, for yourself, and also having that responsibility. It's always on us. Yeah, to, why are you angry? Yeah. Such an awesome point. Like, you know, we... we anger is such a, why are you angry, right? We live in a society, like my mother used to say, I love my mother, she's listening. Uh, you know, you shouldn't be angry. Well, I don't know if that's an appropriate response. Yeah. So not an appropriate response. Right? I learned that in the heat of the moment. Yeah. I need someone to calm down. And yeah. I don't know if you've ever been told to calm down when you're angry. That is not the thing yeah. to say. Yeah. yeah. Chill out. Yeah. yeah, that's not an appropriate response, no. right? No, I'm angry right yeah. now and yeah. I need to feel this integrate it into my being gotta come out yeah. yeah so that i can stop being angry because the funny thing is is once you do that it feels like a lot of work at the time 
But to be honest, being angry for two weeks because I'm just putting it out there, rather than, rather than dealing with my anger and being, I'm just being angry. Like if you made me angry, if I spent two weeks just doing things, yeah. throwing poop on your yard or yeah, whatever, yeah, that's yeah. a lot of energy I'm putting. 100%. Right? That's a lot 100%, of yeah. a lot of work. When you're like, oh, just, right? when you're wishing that, that is causing malice upon yourself. Right. And that goes back to magic and energy. And that you're kidding, right? right? Whereas if you're just angry and you sit down and, yeah. and you allow yourself to be angry, even if it takes you a whole bloody day. Yeah. You know what? You sit you've with been it. angry, you've sat with it, you've been uncomfortable, you know yourself better, you know the other person better, you have a better understanding of the situation, and then you can have a response and reaction to it that's not emotionally based. Right. Which we're really good at. Yes. I am loving this conversation. Especially on the uh, internet, right? Uh, on Facebook. Yes. That's what it is. Yeah. We don't let, like our prefrontal cortex hijacks the entire Response. Yeah, well, it's that's a part of our brain that is with irrational thinking. It's not even developed until we're older, right? So on the internet, everything, so much of what we do is like emotional. Lizard brain. Pardon me. Lizard brain. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I learned, reactionary. I learned that in a parenting course, actually. Yeah. That it's not developed here. So especially when a little person is getting angry, they there's no rationale. At all, having a tantrum. And it's like uh, it's like this, right? Yeah. And it flips. Yeah. Flips, your flips lid. the lid. Flips the lid. So yeah. that's and it's really important to remember that it doesn't mature until what twenty in yeah. the early early twenties. Wow. And it's, it's a chemical it's response. A, it's a chemical yeah. response. It's literally exactly. not even your choice. You're, yeah. you're doing what your body's making you do. That's why there's such a problem with these photos on Facebook that I try to because it's it's looking for an emotional response, right? Mm. Try not to get too political. But Trump, he kind of almost wants you to hate him, right? He either wants you to love him or to hate him. Okay, again, tangent. But people get this reaction, right? Yeah. But it's not necessarily rational. It's just their emotional brain. It's visceral. It's visceral. It's a bodily reaction. Yeah. It's one of those yeah. subjects where people either pro or yeah. pro. Like exactly. You're either with me or you're against me. And it's like the, yeah. going back to this place is so ironic is that this is a place where we can be more moderate. Yeah. Right? In terms of our, let's hear both sides. Yeah, absolutely. And that is what is lacking in our world. On, well, I mean, in our digital world. And respecting that difference. 100%. Yeah. There's, there's, uh, there's. That must be a safe place for philosophy. Places like Greek and Rome and pre pre-technology and pre-science at least where science is now people could there was places where you could gather and you could openly talk about ideas and, and just talk about it and people could discuss and, and philosophy was such an important part of our growth as a race as a species let's bring that back uh, right it, it's so important and we're, we're so quickly to jump mm. on ideas and things have changed and things that are different that we're 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 not allowing ourselves to grow at all. Yes. At all. We, we wanted to stay the status quo. And you know what? The status quo is not working. And, and we can't talk about that if there's nowhere to talk about mm -hmm. it. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we had a group, like a space where we could do that um, consciously? Like, let's talk about philosophically what is important to you right now. What are you learning about right now? Just you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, yeah. But, yeah. But, like, I just wish that we could have the person who's super on the right, you know what I mean, with their... Be receptive. Have them with the same person who's super on the left and like, Kate, like, let's have a meaningful conversation. But right now it's like, yeah. you know, 
Things are fired up. Yeah. We both feel passionately X and Y about this subject. Yeah. So let's talk about the roots of that. But that's not how you change. Exactly. About it, right? Yeah. This is why I feel passionate about Lee. Okay, so let's talk about your side today because it's going to be a big conversation. This is why I feel your points are wrong and have the chance to discuss at least to grow. Be in that place of always willing to learn. Right? You can learn. Instead of just no. That's why this podcast is called I'm Probably Wrong About Everything. Yeah. Right? Because if you have that humility, you will grow and you will live a much happier life. Absolutely. That's and my perspective. For everybody. Yeah. It, it, for everybody. It, it is the thing. If you're willing to grow, it, it changes everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Once you stop growing, stop thinking, stop reading, yeah. you start dying. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And I was, I was 30 years old. My daughter was just born. And I was engaged in a lifestyle that I'm like, this is not constructive, mm-hmm. right? So, and then this has ended me up here in this room of, you know, moderation, right? So thank you for that. Um, this is kind of my next question. And I, I am mindful of the time here too. So what happens after we die? Is this it or is there something after? Oh, and, and this is an independent question. Oh, this man. is... They couldn't see what we just did, but all of us threw our arms up yeah. because we're like, well, I don't know, I don't know. You know <laughs> this, is, this is... That's a big question. What, what happened before we were born? It's the same kind of question. What were we before we were here? I, I've heard a lot of different um, ideas, mm. and the one that I am most fascinated with is that of uh, soul groups and um, the affiliation between reincarnation. So... As a, as a spirit, we pick the families that we are meant to be with, not necessarily for a specific purpose or a reason, or it is for a specific purpose or a reason. It is either for the child to teach the the parent or hmm. for the parent to teach that. That's what's going on in my life right so, now. So, exactly. Yeah. So, um, and then it comes with... Um, like I have bonus children, so did they? They picked all of us then. So I'm still, I'm still trying what, to figure out what that means for my fam- family dynamic right. and what ancestrally that means for me and stuff like that. So there's, there's a lot of different um, paths of thought involved in what happens when, when we shed our mortal coil. Mm. I find that people <clears throat> tend to pick what makes them the most comfortable. Because as humans, um, we know about that we're going to die. Right. And we know that it's not going to be what it is now. So, well, we think that we know that it's not going to be what it is now. Mm -hmm. I learned a long time ago to let that go because it's going to be whatever it's going to be. And I'm here now. And for me, that's what matters is now, here. Um, But I don't know. I look forward to whatever it's going to be. Yes. Why not? What For me, think? that's a that's a deeply philosophical question. Sorry, I'm gonna get into it a little bit on this one. So Please do. For me, there's there's part of that. Um, you can get really deep on this on with, with death and is there an afterlife? Is where do you subscribe subscribe to it yourself on linear time? Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's a that's a whole rabbit hole. Anybody who wants to know about that, feel free to look that up. And are you talking about like parallel universes? And and no, I'm talking about it, it, uh, is time moving forward? Oh yeah, or yeah. Because we're already dead time. in the future. Well, is the future even the future? Are all times yeah. happening now? And the only reason we see forward and backwards is the fact that we're having a human experience. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, like yeah. I said, deep, deep subject for me. That being said, um, if linear kind right. of a thing, and, and we're moving this is it constantly. Yeah. Um, I like to hope that there's life after death, and I feel that there is life after death. However, philosophically speaking, I've come into a point in my life where I think about it, and I've decided to believe that there is more after death because the reality is, is if I'm wrong, when I'm dead, it's not going to matter because right. I will be Occam's gone. razor. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. However, yeah. I would rather spend my life here believing there's more and that mm. I'm going to reconnect with my loved ones and that there's this giant great thing for me at the end yeah. of it all than spend my life worried about when it's done that that's going to be it and that I am dust and it didn't matter. That's a great point. And so I'm, I'm just going to live my best life believing there's more and that it matters to future, to me, to the past. And that's that's the decision I'm gonna make. And if I'm wrong, yeah. I won't have time to care. <laughs> yeah. And, and that just is. Just want to be a badass ancestor. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. May they remember my name and yes. talk about me when I'm gone. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and just being mindful of the time here, there were more questions, but we'll have to do another one hopefully in the future. Thank you so much you. for you. for having this place. This is the uh, Phoenix Rising. Metaphysical Emporium. What's your address so people could check you out? Uh, 20499 Langley, BC in Canada. Fraser, Fraser Highway. Oh, Fraser. Oh, right. Yeah. 20499 Fraser Highway. Fraser Highway. <laughs> Langley, On the one way. Right beside the delicious Viva La Mexico mm, restaurant. Yum. So yeah. you could come for a reading and then get a burrito after or something <laughs> like that. Absolutely. Great food down here. <laughs> Great people. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you. I appreciate your time.